Okay, um, before we jump into the message, a couple things real quick. Uh, whenever there is, you know, uh, something new to report on the building that's significant and worthy of showing you, um, you know, I have the guys go over there with the, with, the, with the cameras and just either video it or take some stills. And so this week was a pretty big week. So let me just show you real quick what's going on. They start putting up walls. So the walls are, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, praise God. And, um, you know, part of that was a miracle in and of itself because the steel wasn't even supposed to be here yet. Um, they hadn't even located it. And there are projects all over the country. It's not an exaggeration to say that, but specifically in the front range where they can't get started because they don't have steel. And the Lord made it possible for us to have that steel. And um, so their guys are already, they're walling. They started, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, they started walling. And um, I heard just a few minutes ago that they were over 70% of the walls now done on the inside of the building. So it will fly at this point. Still don't have an update time yet on, um, on the win, right? Um, it, it, we're ahead of schedule, but the problem is, so I'll give you this, like the perfect example. The security system that we have in the new building, instead of it being keys, <laughs> when we sold the other building, we had over 400 keys. <laughs> and you're not supposed to, it even says don't copy on the key, and yet somehow some sneaky people had so we were trying to account so we're going with a card system it's a card that you you put on it to cause the lock to open up right and because of that the strike plate on the door is different than it would be on a regular door and I know you're like why I don't know either but because they can charge you more for it I think is what the what the bottom line is but uh so got a report that that's like they said like 15 weeks to get those frames here so it's always something like that that we hear. So nothing to be pushed back on. It's a matter of prayer. When I share those things, don't be afraid of those things and don't curse anybody in it. Let's pray about those things right there. If you want to know what, like if you said, Pastor, like what's the, what's the impossible thing that you would ask God to do? The impossible thing, and it would really only be God, would be uh, to somehow be in there by Easter. That would be... That would be the impossible thing that only God could do. So I'm not announcing that we're going to be in there by Easter. Right now, that is not true. It will be May or June uh, is how it looks right now. But I believe God can do anything. And I've watched him through this project do everything. And so if you just want to pray with me, um, just pray for that. Pray that we, that they would be shocked and say somehow it worked out and you guys are going to get the building for Easter. Wouldn't that be absolutely amazing and if it's not then we will enjoy Easter wherever the Lord will have us uh, do that we are flexible and can move and bend and be wherever we need to be at but it would be awesome to see that happen right there and we're excited and again if you want to stop by and see it at any time you are always invited to do that you're more than welcome to do that go to the construction trailer on the north side of the it's behind the building check in right there they'll give you a hard hat and you are free and welcome to go check the project out at any time. Um, yeah, I would encourage you to do that. And don't just wait and look for pictures up here. It looks much better in person than it does on that video. When I was looking at that video, the video, it, you know, in person and then on a video, I was like, oh, that, that does not represent well what it looks like 
right now. Some of you are like, why did, what is that? What are we looking at? You're looking at your future home. That's what you are looking at. So get ready. It is, uh, it will be quick now. We are excited about that. Okay. Um, we're in a series, second week of a message called The Way Back to God. And um, so Chris had mentioned, and I think probably this week, we heard it over and over again, people are uh, making resolutions this time of year. And so my question to you would be this. Um, I know that uh, you, you probably can, can guess it real quick. Just think, what's the number one resolution that people make? Yeah, just to lose weight, you know. And there's other high-ranking ones to, uh, you know, maybe it's to exercise or maybe, which would go hand-in-hand hand with losing weight or to get your finances in order or, you know, whatever. But the number one that's out there uh, is to lose weight. And then I was thinking about this and uh, trying to connect this idea. When you want to check and see how you're doing, with losing weight, it's just real easy. You can grab a scale, you know, or you can try on your clothes, one of the, one of the two. <laughs> but you can grab a scale real quick and you can jump on it to see if you're making progress. Is it going in the right direction? But we're talking about how do we spiritually set a direction? How do we look at our lives spiritually and ask the question, how am I doing spiritually? Where am I going spiritually? How is it working out for me spiritually? And if you decide to set, first of all, what do we use to measure, right? What, what should the measurement be? And then how do you check to see how you're doing? So I said this years and years ago, just throw it out real quickly. The scripture where Jesus is asked, what's the most important commandment? You remember his answer? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then the second is like the first, love your neighbor like you love yourself. Those two things are equal, right? So uh, spiritual growth has to be measured. Follow me in, are we loving God more today than we did yesterday? And are we loving people more today than we did yesterday? So how do you check how you're doing with that? Drive in traffic? <laughs> how do you measure how you're doing with that? With the Lord? Because we don't have a scale. We don't have something physical that we could just simply like look at real quick and, and check. It has to be done in a way that, you know, how do you measure that? And so uh, that's where this is going to go today. And um, I, let me try to do this. I think it's one of the more significant messages that I have taught recently and that I will teach this year. I think that anytime we, we make a declaration, we put a flag in the ground, we're saying, hey, uh, no more. I'm, I'm going towards God. Uh, even if you're in an awesome place with God, you still have the choice. God is so unfathomable that you can still say, even if you're like in this awesome place, you can still say, I want more. And God can give more. And if you're in a very far away place, you can say, God, I want to turn towards you. And your father, he will run to you if he sees any effort on your part to make any change and to look towards him, right? That's our God. And so we come to this message, and I just feel like since we are talking about how do we progress spiritually, how do we see God renew us? How do we find restoration in our lives and in our hearts? It's a significant message. And, and Chris mentioned this too. We, we come into the very first weekend of the year, last weekend, and I'm tempted not to start the series last week because it's the day after New Year's, and I want to make sure that the majority of our church is going to hear the message. So I'm tempted to do another message, and, uh, and then I would start it this week. But lo and behold, this week we have an Omicron outbreak on the staff right now and in many parts of our... I just shut the office back down 
uh, again. There's just, all you can do is this. You say to the Lord, the ones who were there that hear this message are the ones that you've purposed to be there today. And the ones who are listening at home, have, or maybe they'll hear it a week from now, but we're just going to keep marching forward every weekend with what God is doing and where he is. We're not going to wait for the right time. This is the right time. This is the right group of people, and today is the day. So here's the scripture that we're basing what we're talking about on 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, this week, I added in verse 13, not just 14. So let me read it to you. You're very familiar with 14, but you may not be familiar with 13. It gets left out, but it's important because they go together. Uh, the Lord's speaking, first person at times. I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. That's why you never hear that verse right there. <laughs> it's like, amen, and go in the peace of God and do well with that. Uh, and then this is the one that you're familiar with, but they literally, they are connecting verses. So God's saying at times, these things may happen and by the way, I think the correct interpretation of that is not, I'm going to do this to you. I think the Lord is saying from time to time, I will allow this to happen. But there's a reason. Because then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. So there are four uh, progressive, I think in order, things that we do when we talk about uh, our way back to God. The prerequisite above it all is that you need to be God's people. How many are God's people? Right? Right audience. If you're not, there'll be an opportunity today. And if you're not, I would encourage you, man, don't live one more moment of your life not being in a relationship with Jesus. It's everything. It's the reason you were created, and it's what gives life the reason to live. So literally, it's being God's people. But if my people who are called by my name the first one, and I think they're progressive in order, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways or repent. Then the Lord promises three things. I will turn, I will hear, and I will heal. I will turn, I will hear, and I will heal. And I just think that we can count on that. We can do something about that. I don't want to spend really any time talking about what set this up last week. But I just looked at my own life, where my heart is, I, I, perceiving where I think our church is, and especially just looking out and seeing where our land is, where our city is, where our nation is. Can we do anything about it other than just curse about how bad it is today? Can we have an attitude that, is it too late for America? We can't ever, ever feel that way. We can't ever believe that. We can't ever come into that place. We must always believe that God will hear our prayer, then he can heal our land. And that's our, our place to get our hearts at. I wrote in my notes, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe understanding that verse 13, <laughs> that from time to time this may happen. I may allow it to happen in order to get your attention. I just wrote this in my notes. It's probably best understood as an intervention. The one doing an intervention isn't doing evil when they do an intervention. I think what God is saying is when these things are happening, if I allow this to happen, it, it's not because I'm angry at you or I'm trying to do something harsh to you. I'm trying to get your attention so I can heal you. 
I'm trying to get your attention so that I can do something in your land. And I think that we look at this sort of like an intervention. There's a show on TV called Intervention. You ever seen that show? And the whole premise is they set a person up in order to do an intervention. The intervention itself is just brutal. They put the person in a circle generally and then confront them with the behavior. I think that's what God is saying. I'm going to allow you. I'm going to allow circumstances to suddenly be revealed to you that this is not good and it's got to change. I think what's going on in our country, in our lives, and in church, Big C today, is that God is allowing us to see, look at the condition that it is. And don't be okay with this. Don't just rail and curse about it. Don't think that politics is the way it's going to get solved. Turn to me. Call out to me. Seek my face. Repent and watch. I think that that's just a powerful message. I want to give you a couple of resources today, too, that I think will be important for you. Um, first of all, we, we started last week talking about a fast that begins today. And if you weren't here, uh, I don't want you to think, oh, too bad I wasn't here. I can't fast. Um, <laughs> It is not too late. You can still do it. And if you're like, you know, should I or shouldn't I? Here's what I told everybody and always tell everybody when it comes to fasting. I think that Jesus said, uh, when you fast. I don't think he says, you know, if you decide at some point or, uh, you know, if you pray. I think Jesus talks about it in the affirmative like, hey, listen, here's, here's part of your spiritual growth, your spiritual life. You, you should be fasting. To fast is to weaken your flesh so that your spirit comes alive. And fasting normally is connected to food, which there's a reason for that. That's the quickest way to afflict your flesh. Yes or no? But not everybody has to do that or can do that. And I said today, maybe media is probably the one today that would afflict everybody. Could you fast media? Could you turn off your internet? Could you give up Taco Bell? Yeah, man. But would you turn off your internet? He's not talking to me because that's not on the tape. So some of what we're talking about today, it's available for you. Listen, all of the resources that I'm going to name, I have them printed off. When you leave today, out the back, there's a table where you find uh, Ryan at. There'll be the information that we're talking about today, the resource for for some of what we're talking about online. We've put all of this resource. Um, some of it's books that we're recommending. Some of it is techniques. Some of it is just, hey, be aware of this or try this. But I just want you to know, we're doing everything that we can to make this a successful fast. So let's jump in and we'll go. Um, my pastor's name is John Stocker. He writes a monthly newsletter. One of the resources I want to offer to you is his newsletter. If you're taking notes and you want to write it down um, uh, real quickly, um, it's, do you have it? Would you pull it up for me real quick? Truthwithjohn.com. Something about that name rings true with me. Uh, I, just, I like that. His name is John Stalker, and Pastor John produces a monthly newsletter. It's free, um, but his wisdom, he, you know, he pastored for more than 50 years. He's retired now. Semi-retired is probably the best way to say it. So he still does ministry here and there. But his newsletter is really powerful. And it came this week at a time where it fit into our message. And so I, I just want to give him some credit right now that some of what I'm about to teach you comes from my pastor. Pastors need pastors. If you ever find a pastor without a pastor, you've got a person out from underneath authority. 
We all need to be under authority. <laughs> okay, there's message two in the 2022 series. Pastor John wrote about being strong in the Lord. And he used Ephesians 6.10, which you know the scripture. I'm going to read it to you from two different versions. Uh, the first one, though, um, this is Paul closing out a letter to a church uh, in, in Ephesus. And it's a final word. It literally, this is his final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty what? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty... It's kind of like he's saying, look, after everything else that I've said, here's my concluding thought. I want you to be strong in the Lord and in God's mighty power. Can I just say to you, if there was any message that we would want to get to people today, to believers today that are living in crazy times, that for the last two years have looked at things and just been like, what in the world is going on? I would say to you, man, here's the solution to your problem. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power right now. Because I don't think that 2022, I'm sorry to be kind of negative today, I don't think 2022 is going to be a year that we all look at and go, oh, what a, what a, I think we're still dealing with some stuff in 2022. Can you agree with that statement? Unless it ended while I was sleeping last night, and I didn't hear about it this morning, but I just think that 2022 is still going to bring some challenges to us, and I think that the word on that is to tell people, believers, to get this in your head, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, this is really interesting, and I'll read you the second take uh, from the Amplified Bible in just a moment, but this is really interesting. In the Bible, for those who are familiar with it, uh, the Bible uses two words for power. The most familiar one is from the book of Acts, chapter 1, which this is Jesus talking to the church, go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit comes, because you will be baptized with power. And that word is dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from. Like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, boom! You will have power to be my witness, to live the life that I'm calling you to live, to not shrink back. And so most people think that when the Bible talks about power, it's talking about dunamis power, this kaboom power that comes from the Holy Spirit. But in this verse right here, Ephesians chapter 6, this is a lesser known and lesser used word for power. And in the Greek, it's the word Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S, Kratos. And so dunamis is power that comes upon you by the Holy Spirit. Kratos is power that's in God. And that the only way you can get this power is to be in a relationship with God. This isn't power that's endued when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This power is only available to you as you intertwine your life with God's life. As you grow in God, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, what he's saying is get in a relationship with God. Let that thing twist around you. Uh, what Ecclesiastes says it this way, that a cord with three strands is not quickly broken. A cord with three strands is not quickly broken. We use that in marriage. You, your spouse, and then God is that third cord that wraps around you and holds everything together. But in this case, the Bible is encouraging us, be strong in the Lord and in his kratos, his power. This is not power that comes when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. This is the power that you can only get in a life-giving, living, intimate, deep relationship with the Father. So when we're talking about making a move towards God, when we're talking about growing in God, then it has to be understood that we've got to find this deep, intimate relationship with the Father. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty 
kratos, the power that is within God. I'm going to ask you three questions. Pastor John brought these three questions up, and I thought they were really good. And since we're talking about making resolutions and, you know, you can come up with 10,000 excuses about something, excuse me, but until you change it, nothing changes. So these three questions aren't meant to make you uncomfortable, but let's just, let's just be real for a minute, okay? If we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, in an intimate relationship with him is how we get this power, these three questions, what are you doing to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now? Are you doing anything? And if your answer is like, Pastor, I came to church this morning, then I would say to you, that would be the quickest revelation that tells me you don't understand intimacy with God. Coming to church is a wonderful thing, but this is not how you have an intimate relationship with the Father. This is how you gather with other believers who are like-minded to celebrate and to sing and to be instructed in Scripture. But you don't have an intimate relationship with the Father while you're sitting there listening to me teach. You have an intimate relationship with the Father one-on-one in His presence. So if you're like, here's what I'm doing to have a deeper relationship with the Lord, I get up and I go to church. Or I listen to Caleb. Yay! That ain't going to do it. Good things. Awesome things. I'm not mocking those things. I'm having a little fun. But that's not an intimate relationship with the Lord. So literally, what are you doing thinking about that? And I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable, but these are questions that have to be asked. And you can make 10,000 excuses. We are so busy today. When you ask people how they're doing, what is the number one thing that people say to you? How are you doing? I'm really busy. Said every person who ever lived in America in 2022. I'm really busy. So you can make a thousand excuses, but until you do something, nothing changes. Do you agree? You've got to do something for it to change. Here's the second question. What if, if you could measure this or be willing to measure it? How many hours do you spend in media versus time with the Lord? I have this funny program. I bet you have it too. If you have an Apple phone, I think it's through Apple. But every week they send me, here's how much time you spent online this past week. I hate that stupid thing. (laughs) Because it reveals something that I, first of all, I don't realize. Anybody else? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Many of you don't know what I'm talking about when I say that. You don't have a phone, apparently, then, because this, it, it's a program that just tells you how much, here's how much time you spent, and it, and it tells you, you increased your time by this much percentage this last week, or you decreased your time by this much percentage. Listen to this horrible, I spent an average of two hours a day, and some of you aren't moving because you know you spent four hours a day. You're like, two hours, that's really awesome, how are you doing that? <laughs> so I get and it revealed because I don't recognize how much time and then I'll say this though I'm so, I don't have any time I don't have any time somewhere I'm finding time to be online for a lot of hours and two hours is up that's actually I picked that one because that made me look better I have had those four hour per day once And I'm not trying to make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form, but I'm just asking you right now, if Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we're talking about making our way back to God, if we're saying that this is going to be the year where I grow spiritually, the way you measure growth spiritually is that you're loving God more and you're loving people more. But how do we measure that? I'm trying to get you, be practical. How do you measure it? How do you know if that's happening? 
How do you, you can't just say, I, I love God more, I just know it. How do you know it? How is it showing up? How are you measuring it? How do you know you're growing in it? I believe you love God. That's why you're here. But how do you know you're growing in it? How do you know you're advancing? How do you know that that's happening? So I'm trying to give you practical ways, right? So what are you doing to strengthen your relationship with the Lord? And then if we just talked about hours in media versus time with the Lord. Is it, how much time are you spending with the Lord? Well, I'm just so busy. We're all busy. I'm just telling you, you find time to do the thing you want to do. You do. And you can say you don't, but then when we get those stupid programs that suddenly reveal, you're spending two hours per day. This, obviously, someone is taking my phone when I am not here, and they're spending an incredible amount of time. It's probably my wife. <clears throat> and then here's the last one, real quickly. And again, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. And they're more rhetorical, but I do want you to think about it in your mind right now. Do you have a quiet, intimate time with the Lord each day? Do you have that? Not do you have, like, are you doing a Bible study? Bible studies are awesome, but that's not the same thing that I'm talking about. This would be the missing element. So that when I say, do you have this time with the Lord? Most people will say, I go to church, pastor. I do listen to, to different preachers. Uh, I, I'm in a Bible study. Even the ladies one that Pastor Chris talked about, I, I'm involved. I can't wait for it to start. But that's not what I'm talking about. When was the last time that just you and the Lord sat together and you heard him speak to you? Where you literally waited upon the Lord. Where you didn't go with your list so that you could check it off. That I spent my half hour or I read my chapter or I went through the book this way. When was the last time you literally sat? Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. God, if you're saying to yourself today, I feel so defeated. I feel so beat up. I feel like I'm being hammered. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Well, I'm just waiting for this virus to be gone. Because once it's gone, we're all going to be okay. There will be another virus. And it may not come as some airborne thing. But there will be something that comes in this world that we battle with. That is designed to totally take you out, knock you down, wear you out, and keep you from doing what I'm talking about. Do you have this time? And I'm not being ugly to you. I love you. I literally love you, and that's why I'm being a little forceful with it. You can make 10,000 excuses. Nothing changes until you decide today's the day it's going to change. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty kratos. What we want is that dunamis experience. I want today, when we go to prayer at the end of the service, if Pastor Kathy or Chris or one of the pastors will pray for me, lay hands on me, boom! I'll have this power and I'll be okay. And I'm telling you, be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. This Kratos power only comes in an intimate relationship with God. You cannot get it by having someone lay hands on you and pray for you. You get it when you're in the presence of God and He breathes upon you. So now let me show you what the Amplified says in a parenthetical uh, understanding. This is Ephesians 6:10, the same verse, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, his mighty kratos. But this is in the Amplified. Why do we use the Amplified? Because it's a little louder. If you don't get that, ask on the way home. Don't try to figure it out right now. Ephesians 6:10 in the Amplified. In conclusion, in other words, here's the final word. And someone just got it, just now. You just now got it, didn't you? Ah, amplified, loud, I get it. Yes, 
I'm all the time doing funny stuff like that, and y'all don't know it. I'll be honest with you. You miss about a third of the good stuff that I throw out on an ongoing basis. So you want to do something, go back and listen to me and listen for the fun stuff that I put in for your entertainment. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Here's the parentheses. Draw your strength from Him and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of His boundless might. Does that say it right there, yes or no? Okay, it changes that whole verse. Be strong in the Lord. Most of us just think that dunamis, I just need someone to pray for me and boom, I'll be okay. No, no, you need an intimate relationship with the Lord where in that relationship, He releases this power so that you can be strong in Him. That is where that Isaiah scripture comes from. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Only in that relationship with him does that strength come to you. So we're talking about fasting right now. And we're talking about praying and turning to the Lord, repenting. So when you fast, would you pull up Matthew 6, 16? This is Jesus. This is his opinion about how we fast, the, the timing of it. Uh, the first four words, and when you fast, not if you fast, do you fast, will you fast, he's speaking of it like this is automatic, when you fast, and then he gives instructions, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting, <laughs> I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get, what a terrible reward that would be, wow, you're awesome. Don't you want the Lord to say to you, well done, you good and faithful servant. Oh, do I have a reward for you? <laughs> no one knew then, I'm going to shout it from the housetops now. Wow. So when you fast, Becca Story, Becca, where are you? There you are. Becca Story sent me an email this week. It's a quote. I'm just going to attribute it to her because the email came from you. Um, and then if someone wants to argue about it, they can argue with you, Becca. So that's it. <laughs> Here's the quote talking about why we fast. Just listen to this. If you don't feel strong in your desire for the manifestation of God's presence or God's glory, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things, and there is no room for great things. Do you hear that? You guys are better than me because I usually have to have something read to me twice to hear it. But if you don't hunger for what I'm talking about, it's not because you've tried it and you're like, hey, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and don't need it anymore. If you don't hunger for what I'm talking about, it's because you're not experiencing what I'm talking about. I don't mean that ugly. I just mean that truthfully to you right now. So my job literally is to guide you, to help you, to lead you, to take you. A good guide doesn't get to the trail and then say, hey, look at me. A good guide gets to the place and gets out of the way so that you can see God. So I'm trying to take you right now to God. If you don't desire this intimacy, this power, this glory, this Kratos relationship that we're talking about, it's not because you've tried it and you're like, hey, been there, done that, and, and it's not what you say. It is because you have not experienced it. 
And then what we do, the way that it's set up in our culture, is that all day long we nibble at the table of the world. Little things, minor things. We split the tense of the verb on what it means today with the CDC. Nobody can figure it out. But we'll spend hours trying to dissect it and get it in. What is it? And if you want to do that, go for it. I'm just telling you, you will not find power and renewal in eating at that table right there. You will not find the joy that you're looking for. And you will not find the life that you're looking for. You will not find the peace that you're looking for. You will not find the satisfaction that you're looking for. You will only find what I'm talking about in an intimate relationship with the Lord. And you might go, Pastor, you seem like almost aggressive with it. Yes! Yes! You can give me 10,000 excuses, but that's only 10,000 reasons why it's not happening in your life. It's when you say, I must have this, that you finally realize, get rid of the little things that are keeping you satisfied so that you can eat of the big things that will change your life. It will change your life. Let me finish up Becca's quote. There is no room for the great when you're satisfied with the small. God did not create you for this. There is an appetite for God in you. And it can be awakened. And we are invited to turn from the dulling effects of food and the dangers of idolatry and say with a simple fast, this much, O oh God, I want you. This much, O oh God, I want you. This isn't complicated. It's not difficult. It's just that we are dulled and overrun with everything else today. And so easily satisfied on food that doesn't satisfy and drink that doesn't quench. So that the Lord is calling us to a meal. <laughs> this food, this bread, this water, it's living and alive. And if you'll eat of this and you'll drink of this, you will never be hungry or thirsty again. And that's why I can tell you, if you don't desire this, it's because you haven't had this. Because if you've had it, then you want it. Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you do not hunger and thirst for that, it is because you do not know. Not because you are hard. Not because you are rebellious. Not because... <laughs> it's because you don't know. And the great invitation today is, come unto me, all of you who are weary or hungry, or thirsty, or needful, and I will satisfy your soul. Anybody hear what I'm saying right now? Dude, this is good right now. Not because I'm good or I know, because the Holy Spirit is moving in me right this moment to say to you, here's the invitation. It's to awaken something deep in your soul, to quit being satisfied with things that will never satisfy. So why we fast? Because this much, oh God, I want you. And maybe it's not food. Maybe it is media. Maybe it's the internet. Maybe it's apps. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's shopping. <gasps> maybe it's sports. After yesterday, how many of you are willing to give it up for a little while? <laughs> Did I just ruin the message? 
until I see your You had me till that, Pastor, and now you reminded me. Yes, we have eaten too much of those things too. Went out with my friend Bill yesterday and watched that. I don't know what to call that. Almost got fun. Well, I'm not going to spend time doing this. So what you fast. It could be food. It could be media, the internet apps, alcohol, shopping, sports. If you're like, oh, thank God he didn't name the thing. You missed the point entirely. And if you're like, this is so ancient. Uh Uh-huh. This is so out of step. Exactly. This is uh, weird. But it's completely normal to spend 10 hours studying viruses. It's completely normal in your mind to hang on every word that comes out of Washington, D.C. To either hate or adore it. More hate than adore. My shot, my stage, my time. Is it... And Becca did say she would handle those emails too this, this weekend. So it's uh, 1-800, Becca's got an answer. Uh, <laughs> so here's the most important thing. So it's really not what you fast. That's between you and the Lord. And I promise you, if you ask him, he'll tell you. And if you don't hear anything, you don't need to do anything. Don't do this because I'm doing it. Don't do what I do because you think that's the way to do it. Here's what the Lord said. I will write my law on your heart. That's what makes serving God so free. You don't have to do what I do. You're not called to do what I do. And I'm not called to do what you do. Do what God tells you to do because in that is the grace and the power. Peter, that's what God, he wants you to ask him and he wants to tell you. Here's what I want you to do. And if you will hear him say that, he will give you the grace. Because if you say to me, I'm not good at things like this, I bet it's because you do it in your own power. How many of you have done something in your own power to find the futility of your power? How many of you, you know why Chris and I don't make New Year's resolutions? Because we have failed at those resolutions so many times. We get, the one benefit of getting older is that you, I don't want to keep failing. When you're 25, you feel like you can keep failing and you can overcome it. But at 58, I turned 58 this last week. I only have like... You just can't recover like you used to. True? You don't have the time to recover. So instead of banging your head constantly, it's just like, God, tell me, and I want to do that thing. So it's not what you fast. That is not the thing. Ask God, and he will tell you, this is where I want to go. It's how you fast that matters. Ask God. He will write his law on your heart. Don't jump into this with hubris. Don't jump into this with like, hey, I, I can do this. I, don't do that. Ask God and then ask him for the grace to do what he told you to do. Just be honest, man, when you turn towards God. So let me give you five things real quickly. If you're going to try to fast over the next two weeks, maybe you'll only fast a day. Maybe a night. Someone asked me, can I do it from sunup to sundown? It's not up to me. I'm not the fasting master. 
I don't want to have to answer to you for what I do when I fast, and I don't want you to feel you must answer to me. That's not a good relationship. You rise and fall before the Lord. Do we all understand that? So before the Lord, ask, and then before the Lord, it's the, the how. These five things, though, I want to point these out if you're going to do these five things, okay? If we're going to fast, this time the fast's purpose is for God and his presence. We are not fasting for healing. We are not fasting for financial benefit. We are not fasting for name this thing. We're fasting for our children, fasting for my marriage. All of those things are important. All of those things have their place. Here's what I felt like the Lord said to me. Fast for me in my presence. And if you get that, you'll get all the other things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. We spend our time seeking for this thing and that thing when we should be seeking for God. You get God, you get. In Cajun terminology, it's called the lanyap. And the lanyap means the extra. You go to a store and the storekeeper wants your business, they give you a little bit of extra. It's the lanyap. Fast for God's presence and the lanyap is healing. Fast for God's presence and the lanyap is your marriage. Fast for God's presence and the lanyap is vision. Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm saying? So fast for God and his presence. Two, for me, this may not be true for you, but for me, and I brought this up with our staff and we talked about it, usually when I'm fasting, I don't see anything happen during the fast. And I almost think that's designed to get me to quit the fast. Like you're fasting and nothing's happening. Why are you doing this? And by the way, this is not like a drive through where you pull up and you fast, say a prayer, and then you pull up to the window and get your order, and then off you go to, to enjoy your delight. That is not how it works in the Lord. It is not a fast food thing that we're doing. So we're spending time with him, and then the takeaway is that he said, you will get me. Those who thirst and hunger for righteousness shall be satisfied. They shall be filled. The lanyard, the extra, the overflow, the 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 stuff, if you get the Lord, the other stuff is just stuff that comes with the Lord. Do not make sense? So usually during the fast, I don't see anything happen. But after the fast is over, I usually see a breakthrough or I see my spiritual life begin to climb. So pay attention to what I'm saying right now. Here's the third thing. If you're going to fast, listen, spiritual warfare is at the doorstep. Now, if you're like, oh, I don't want spiritual warfare, so I'm not going to fast. Let me say it another way. Whether you fast or not, spiritual warfare is at the doorstep. <laughs> you live in a world where the enemy is contrary to you. And if you're like, everything in my life is great. I never fight the devil. Which way are you walking? Be careful, right? But just listen real quickly. If you're going to do something great for God, spiritual warfare. So this week... The staff is moving into this and like almost on cue. Hey, knock, knock, who's there? Omicron. <laughs> well, you're not welcome here. Oh, I'm already in. <laughs> if you stumble during your fast, get back up, say you're sorry, and keep going. If the righteous stumble seven times, seven times they get back up and keep going. And that doesn't mean you can blow it seven times and then it's over with. It's an analogy of however many times you stumble, get back. So like for instance, 
in this room back over here, this little waiting room where I get ready, they put mints back in there. Little lifesaver, wintergreen mints, my favorite. And if you eat enough of those, you don't have to eat any food. These are little hints I'm giving. No, these are not little hints. So I'm back here, blah, 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 blah. These are awesome. And then all of a sudden, a thought comes to me, hey, I probably don't want you to be doing this right now. Oh. You're right. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Go spit it out. Okay. So I'm sharing that with you. We're laughing a little bit about it. But if you're going to do it, it's just, sometimes, it's, sometimes you get tempted and you blow it. Sometimes you just forget and you blow it. So bottom line is this, just say to the Lord, I, I still want it in effect, I'm sorry, let's keep going forward. Don't talk yourself, here's what the devil wants you to do. Oh, you blew it, wait till next year. Or, you know what, you're just no good at this. Stop. Our God is gracious and merciful and loves you. And if your kid blew it, would you kick him out of the house? Oh, you had a mint? Get out. <laughs> Your last name's not Leach anymore. And the last one, don't be afraid to challenge yourself. You can do more than your mind will tell you you can do. And like if you started this morning and like you're seeing like floaters. Oh, I, Pastor, I missed my cream of wheat this morning. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I said cream of wheat because that's what I have for breakfast a lot of times. <laughs> You're going to be okay. So, uh, what time is it? I'm six minutes and 30 seconds in the negative. What time is it? What time? 8.30? Awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm going to give you two quick testimonies to encourage you real quick, and then I'll let you go. The first one is from a friend of mine named Mark, and Mark is, um, his name is Mark Van Doren, and Mark is uh, Holly, Daniel's wife, Holly. So our son's wife's parents, Mark and Cheryl Van Duren, and they have another daughter, and her name is Hannah, and we have another son, and his name is David. And Hannah was dating a fella. I don't know the guy, don't know anything about the guy. Uh, I'll, all I know is that the story that I was told was that um, Mark realized that this guy was not taking his daughter towards Jesus he was taking her from Jesus and if you're like well I have a problem with that you probably don't have a daughter <laughs> and so but he knew if I go at this boom I could just drive her to his arms more than ever before so he just began to pray and ask the Lord, would you show her? Would you remind her? Would you, would you activate the Holy Spirit that's in her life and speak to her? And the Lord did the most remarkable thing. Within a short time, she comes to her father and says, this guy is not taking me closer to Jesus. He should not be in my life. And so she breaks up with him. Mark goes, well, this is remarkable. So then he begins to pray this way. God, would you bring her a man 
who will bring her closer to Jesus. What a noble prayer. What a powerful prayer. Well, they live in Florida. And on the other side of the country are two parents praying for their son, Jesus. Since he was born, we gave him to you. And his life belongs to you. And the devil's tried so many times, so many times to take him on another direction, on another path in God. Seemed like every time we say something, it just drives him further and not closer. So God, would you just activate the Holy Spirit in his life? Would you just show him the good things that you have for him? And we didn't know what that was, but we're praying and they're praying. And all of a sudden, <laughs> these two people see each other. And in a short time, so a brother and a sister, and now another brother and a sister. This is the most remarkable story. More to come soon. Can't say more than that, but more to come soon. Now, I'm not saying that every, you know, there's just a little fairy tale ending. I'm trying to say that many years we prayed prayers that did not seem like. So, so I'm telling you the truth right now. And if you can't hear in that, Pastor John is talking like the discouragement that he felt and the waste, of course. But I'm just trying to say that suddenly when the Lord moves, <laughs> wow, he can do what you cannot. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it's never even entered into your mind or your imagination is the word, what God has prepared ahead of time for those that he loves. And if you're God's people, he loves you. And you can't even imagine all the good things he has prepared for you. And the enemy of your soul will tell you, God has nothing for you. He wants you to curse God. He wants you to give up. He wants you to turn your back. He wants you to feed on small insignificant things so that you never go after the big things. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Eat of great things this year. Get rid of insignificant and small, petty, silly, time-wasting. And eat of great things. Ask the Lord to fill you. Ask the Lord to give to you the things that are worthy of your time, your prayers. Give me some people willing to pray some big prayers. To believe a big God for big things. Where's your faith? Second story. Are you with me? Yes. This is an awesome healing testimony. You want to hear it? Yes. You better say yes. JJ, come here. Um, Lisa, you come too, please. Yeah. Um, so Jay, remember what we talked about time-wise? Yeah. I'll, I'll go so yeah, fast. So sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> um, back in November, I started having these kind of momentary, really bad pains in my hands out of nowhere, and I just didn't really think about it except when it hurt, and then... Through December, it kept happening, and the week before, the week of Christmas Eve, which is our busiest time, it just got more and more consistent and just kept hurting, and I was having a hard time texting or opening a jar of peanut butter for my kids, and my arms started going numb, and then at church on that Sunday before Christmas Eve, my hands were really hurting, but also started going numb. 
by the time I got home, they were fully numb, and then my feet went numb. So I went to the doctor, and uh, they told me something was going on with neuropathy in my body, and I had to get blood work done, and I left wearing wrist guards that I had to wear 24 hours a day, and uh, take medicine like three times a day, and I wasn't allowed to lift anything, and he was like, you probably should stop playing the guitar, and it's just, you're going to have to take a break on literally everything. I could barely hold our baby. So um, Christmas Eve, by the grace of God, I got through that, and I rested through the week after Christmas, and uh, on last Sunday, they had healing prayer, and I was kind of at the end of my rope. My hands started going numb again during church. I had to take my guitar off because I couldn't play, and uh, Kate, my wife, told me I should go get prayed for, and I was like, I'm so busy with everything at church. We got to tear down, but I guess I'll go, and as she said yesterday, it was the, I believe, but God helped me in my unbelief, so I went to be prayed for, and before I even said anything, the people that prayed for me knew what was going on, just, they didn't, they weren't actually aware, they just, the Holy Spirit told them, and so they prayed for me, and the lady said, it's your hand. It's your hand, yeah, sorry, I was trying to go fast, and, (laughs) and I was like, yeah, it is, and I thought someone had cued her that, and Kathy Melson was there, and she was like, she doesn't know anything about this. And started to just unfold a lot of stuff while she was praying for me. That was very cool. But at the end, my hand was still feeling weird. And Kathy asked me how I was feeling. And I was like, it still feels weird, but I'm going to believe God's going to heal me. And I walked away, and we started tearing everything down. And I couldn't lift anything still, so I was just kind of overseeing our team. And then I realized, like, an hour later that I forgot about my hands. And so I got home, and I'd forgotten about my hands again. I was like, what the heck? So I went downstairs in our basement, and I lifted a TV. And I did it. And I was like, all right. And... God healed me right there, and I've been fine ever since. I, I am sorry that I made you go fast through that right there. It's a powerful story where he literally had come and said, I, I'm going to have to. And our worship is just being attacked right now. We've made such strides in our worship, and God's given us something that's really huge. And it's like one after the other. Isaac, I think for, it's, I know it's for sure the second, but it may be the third time he's dealing with COVID right now. Donnie and Camille this year. I, I mean, it's like, and thank God we have people that serve and love, but it's like they're just an attack. And Jay looked at Chris and I in the middle of this and said, I'm going to have to quit playing. This just can't happen. It just cannot happen. And the Lord, in a powerful way, literally, and I, you hear these things, some of you think, did that really happen? God healed him. And it is one of multiple testimonies right now that we are hearing of God healing people in our church. I think part of what God is going to do is what Jesus said the Lord is going to restore to the church those gifts. Do not be surprised. And if you sit in doubt and unbelief right now, all I can say to you is the Holy Spirit's going to get you. He is, I am praying. Part of what I'm praying for in this is God's presence, like, that you will be shocked, that you will have to give testimony because of what God is doing in your life. The only reason I brought those two up is I just want to leave you with, I want there to be a hunger in you. I want you to believe something. I want you to be hungry when you leave here and say, I, there's got to be more. 
There's got to be more than me just surviving till the next weekend. There's got to be more than me just like hoping that 2022 is going to be better than 2021. Hello. Guys, hear me. Come on, man. I don't want you to be satisfied on small, insignificant things that crumbs that the devil throws your way. I want you to make room for the noble, the great, the holy, the true, the right. So I want you in a two-week time period to not be in here listening to a message. I want you to be living a message. I want you to be experiencing it. And I want it to blow your mind. What you have to say, I just, I, what happened to me? Jesus. I want him to capture you when you're young and hold you for your whole life. And I want him to grab you when you're old. I'm not letting my, let, my eyes land any places. I say that. And take you through to conclusion where it's everything that you've believed your whole life is time. Why not here and why not now and why not us? It's time. So, if you haven't asked the Lord, ask the Lord this week. Ask Him today. Ask Him today. Father, now just release your people now with this message tied to them. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news to set at liberty the captive to heal the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind and to proclaim the time of God's favor to proclaim the time of God's favor to proclaim jubilee to proclaim jubilee unto you it is yours it belongs to you Jesus died and was raised to life so that you can have the jubilee so that you can have the jubilee I bind that to you I bind that to you I loose you from the petty and the small the silly the time wasting the insignificant you were made you were made for the supernatural. You were made for things that you don't even have any idea what God's planned for you. May he breathe upon you this week so that the inspiration in you is just to believe for big things. To believe for big things. I bless you. I set that upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. If